Good morning, everyone. Matt LaMarche here with Keller Williams First Atlanta and Selling Sandy Springs. All right, so today we're here uh, with someone that I um, really respect in the industry. I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here in front of me. <laughs> um, but also someone that uh, I just feel like I've really meshed with well uh, here in the first six or seven months now of being in this business. And uh, I'm excited to have you on because I think we are very similar but we also have a lot of differences. Um, I would agree. And so, <laughs> and so uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Baker. He's an agent here in my office as well, um, part of our ALC, which is our Agent Leadership Council, correct? Committee? Council. That is correct. Council, right? Yeah, yeah, Agent Leadership Council, a.k.a. Board of Directors for most of their organizations. Right. We just put a fancy name. Right. So in addition to being... Um, respected and uh, admired and everything else. He's just really good looking. Uh, <laughs> according, I'm, That's an Instagram thing. You're going to have to follow him on uh, Instagram here to just kind of get some of these inside jokes. But uh, but anyway, thanks so much for agreeing to doing this today. You are so And uh, I'm excited to see what comes out. As you know, a lot of people have uh, given you some feedback about you should start a podcast. And I'm a firm believer that I think anyone doing business should be doing a podcast. Yes, I have definitely heard that. And, uh, you know, being behind the mic uh, is very interesting. And it, so I, I'm a little frightened uh, because I'm used to being on the Instagram side where it's all visual and, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, the pictures and videos. So now I'm scared that if I uh, start a radio personality that when people see me in the flesh outside, they're going to think I look weird because, you know, no one that you hear on radio ever looks the way that you think they're going to look. So, <laughs> But there's something very intimate that I found about podcasting that, like, especially if you use Air, AirPods or something, like, I feel like I know Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan and I are best friends. Right. And he just doesn't know it technically yet. Um, but there's something very uh, intimate and um, internal about it. And I agree. you don't really get all of that from Instagram or video or any of it. But anyway, very true. so uh, tell us a little more about you. Obviously, you're an agent here in the office, but kind of give us your background story, how you got to here today. So that is, uh, man, we can take that in a lot of different directions. I'm telling you why. <laughs> we'll try, we'll try to boil it down to the highlight reel. Um, but essentially, uh, I was born and raised in Atlanta. My family has been uh, here in Atlanta since uh, actually before the Civil War. As scary as that is, wow. on, on my dad's side, my mom's side is only like one generation back. So you know, mm. depending on who I'm talking to, I can be one or the other. It's like, yes, no, I'm very you know born and raised in the south, or, or oh no, yes, I'm like. One shade away from European, don't worry. It just depends on who I'm talking to. Right, got it. I didn't know that. The essence of snails. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was born and raised here. Um, you know, when I was growing up, there, there's sometimes those things that you just have that nobody gave to you that you have no idea where they came from. And for me, it was always houses. I, I don't know. Houses, structures. If you could build something out of it, I guarantee you I had it. Mm. I was that freak child who, at the age of 10, I got an AutoCAD program for my birthday. Oh, wow. Yes. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, yeah. Most people were playing on, like, N64. I was designing houses. Granted, the first iterations of these houses were absolute train wrecks. I, I refer to it as my Picasso face. Okay. Um, because, you know, we'd have a bathroom that was, like, two feet wide by 40 feet long. 
on the third floor with no stairs. Um, so, you know, it, I like to think of them more as, like, very, uh, you know, complex adaptations of, like, escape rooms. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty much what the uh, the first iterations of, of the floor plans were. Fortunately, they did get better. Nice. Um, <laughs> you mean with the stairwells and access, yes, you know, access to rooms without teleportation? Correct. Okay. Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I started adding walls and doors, you know, things that apparently... Uh, people find useful mm. in day-to-day -day living. Interesting. Uh, and so that kind of, that was kind of the spur, uh, that was kind of the spur of the whole housing stuff. And then uh, when I was, uh, you know, forced to get into the real world, my, my first job was at Home Depot because uh, it revolved around houses. Mm. It was just something, something about it, I, I don't know. And so I always bugged the ever-living just crap out of my mother because every time... Uh, we'd be driving home from school or, you know, she'd be going to the grocery store or anything. And as soon as I saw dirt move and I knew a house was going to go up, I would keep my eye on it. And as soon as walls were up, I'm like, hey, Ma, <laughs> can we go see the house? Can we go see the house? Can we go see the house? Which, you know, I'm, she, she just loved. God bless her with her patience. And <laughs> I've taken her on a couple of vacations, so hopefully it's paid off. But, uh, uh, yeah, so that kind of started it, and then, uh, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it because I had thought that I wanted to be into architecture, but it's very solitary, and uh, as you know uh, very well, I am not necessarily a very solitary no. human being. No, you don't rub me that way at all. No, no, I haven't no. rubbed anyone that way yet, so... <laughs> um, yeah, I decided that was not probably the best, uh, the best fit. Um, and then uh, I got into banking, and uh, that was very interesting. Uh, I worked at SunTrust for two years, um, and, and it was a good gig. I liked it. Um, but then I transferred to an in-store or a, a standalone uh, branch uh, because the branch that I was working at was in South of Publix. Mm. And uh, I came to find out three months later that apparently the job that I actually liked was working in a grocery store, not actually at the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I lasted two years there and only three months here. And I guess the only reason is because I could take laps around the grocery store. And, uh, you know, my desk in the top drawer was business. The bottom three were food. So, uh, you know, it worked out really well for me in that in that atmosphere and then I was like well I guess I just should have always been destined to work in a grocery store. Well so, so. you you and I have that in common then my first job was working at Publix. My oh, first really? official job. Okay. I was very entrepreneurial before we had the lemonade stands and cutting grass and everything else but my first paycheck came from a Publix and oh, it was the worst because when you walk around a Publix <laughs> and you're starving like eight hours a day you make terrible decisions about your nutrition. Oh, don't Fortunately, I was like, yeah, 16 or 17, so I could eat whatever <laughs> yeah, I wanted at the time. But yeah. anyway, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so that's actually where it started because when I was at that, that SunTrust Bank, uh, one of my clients was actually a broker at Remax. Hmm. And uh, I had the home magazines that you have in like the lobby or the foyer <laughs> of the Publix, if you will. Um, and I had them out because I just like looking at houses. Yeah. And uh, like any self-respecting agent, she uh, stopped me one day and she saw the, the home stuff on my desk. And she's like, oh, are you looking to, you know, are you looking to buy a house? You know, I'm open, you know, the pages are like these six, $700,000 houses. And I'm like... <laughs> laughed in her face and I'm like I am 21 with a part-time job and a fraternity in college like absolutely not I am not anywhere close to buying a house um and so she was very perplexed as to why I had those out and so I started explaining the house stuff and I just I've always loved it and she just 
looked at me with this just dumbfounded look on her face, and she's like, why don't you have a real estate license? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. I figured there's an age cutoff. I don't know. You had to be like 40 to start. I don't know. I, I had no, you know, barometer as to how to get into that. And so... Uh, finally, I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And so I started taking my real estate license, um, worked in her office a little bit, but it just wasn't a good fit. Mm. And, uh, found KW through a uh, referral of friends and, you know, other people who were in the industry and then my own independent research. And, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, with Keller Williams and it's just been an incredible fit ever since then. So I, I've, I've absolutely loved it. Awesome. Very good. Very good. So talk a little more about, um, you've now been in the business for? Uh, so I am finishing up year six. Okay. So I'm about to uh, begin on my seventh year. I thought it was about seven. Yeah. 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 And so talk about the last couple of years, because obviously, um, you know, here in my first year, um, I'm looking even just at the last seven months and going, wow, okay, there's a lot of opportunity out there. But at the same time, a lot of this let's say opportunity comes and goes this market hmm. just like every other one is cyclical mm -hmm. and so we've had you know nine years of really good um local metro atlanta market at least uh and me and my wife tried to take advantage of that early on obviously um but talk a, a little more about like your business kind of where it was and now where it is um yeah. and some of the successes and you know <laughs> certainly some of the failures that you've experienced uh, well, you can pretty much count the entire first year as a fail. Just label label that whole year just failure. That, mm. That's that's uh, that's pretty much the only category that that could fall under. Um, yeah, my my first full year in real estate, uh, I made two thousand dollars all year long. Wow! And that was the gross. Yeah, mm. and I always tell people, you know, uh, surprisingly enough, there is a point of income that you make where the IRS just goes like. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just keep it. We're good. We're good. <laughs> you needed a lot more than we do, buddy. <laughs> so we'll catch back up with you when you start making some money. But for now, you're fine. Just keep it. Walk away. I'm sorry. You know, going through a rough patch. Yeah. So the whole, that whole first year was not fun. And, uh, you know, it was one of those times that I just had to have a come to Jesus meeting on the edge of my bed. And just going like, you know, I don't know if there's an exit sign that was missing a bolt and it had flipped upside down and pointed in the opposite direction of where I was supposed to be going. But I, I thought this was right. And it uh, turns out this is not feeling very right. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was uh, just sitting there thinking, and I'm like, OK, well, what else do you want to do? You know, you got into this for a reason. Uh, and, you know, there, there's something you wanted to get out of it. And is there anything else that you want to do? And I was like, no, there's nothing else that I wanted to do. And outside of nothing else that I wanted to do, I mean, there was nothing else that I could have done at that point. <laughs> I had been kicked out of college. I had an overdrawn bank account. I had a repossessed car. The world was not necessarily my oyster at mm. that point in time. <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. No. You I didn't have recruiters beating your door down saying, come work for us. Come no. Work. No. Got it. Got if it. we lived back in like a penal colony, then maybe it would have happened. <laughs> but no, not in this, not in this world. No. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't have a lot of options. And so, um, yeah, I, I just was like, you know, whatever you have to do to make it work, make it work. Mm. And so uh, the next six months was uh, backbreaking, to say the least. I, I would uh, come into the office and make about four or 500 phone calls a day. 
um, because at the time we were in the very bottom of the recession where we were just barely coming back uh, out of it and people were starting to break even. And so uh, expired and withdrawn uh, homes were, were a big business mm-hmm. at that time. Um, and uh, so we just had a list of thousands and thousands and thousands of phone numbers that were described. And, and if you were wondering, the conversion ratio on 500 phone calls is uh, two leads and one appointment. All right. And that is pretty much dead on accurate, I can attest firsthand. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, it was slow going. Yeah, mm. there, I, I've never walked through quicksand, but I feel like I know what it feels like. Well, I, res- I respect that because I, I don't know if you know this about me. So I used to do door knocking. I used to sell the AJC door to door, but I also used to do telemarketing okay. at the same time. So in the morning, I was doing telemarketing, and in the afternoon yes. and evening, when everyone was coming home from for uh, from work, I was out knocking on their door. So I was pretty much pissing them off twice a day. I would call their wife in the morning and try to sell them a credit card, and then in the afternoon, I was knocking on their doors. They were about to sit down for dinner to try to sell them. Yeah. The having done a very, very, very brief stint of door knocking, I know how fun that is. Oh, um, it, it, talk about walking through quicksand. It was like, yeah. can you please just put your gun down? I promise I'll get you, I'll get off your property <laughs> as soon as I possibly can. Just stop pointing it at yeah, me. Just stop Hold it, fine. Um, but, you uh, can keep it clasped in your hand. It's depressing, though, and it's discouraging it because it's when, you, discouraging. when you have those types of numbers, yes. it is very discouraging, and it, it doesn't bode well for the short term. I think it builds character long term. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I would agree. And, when, you know, on the topic of character building, I, I sometimes uh, pray and go like, I think I have enough character now. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think I've got enough. I understand the character building yeah. firsthand. I feel like I have enough. <laughs> um, but, but I think it also adds yeah. to your charisma and your character Thank overall you. yeah. because, you know, ultimately when you, when you put yourself through that willingly – yeah. And no one has a yeah. gun to your head that they're saying you <laughs> right. got to go knock on doors. Yeah. Um, it does. It builds character, and I think it builds that kind of grit uh, and that hustle and that work ethic that oh. is kind of missing from no today's world. Doubt. A little bit. No so. doubt. Yeah, because uh, similar view. It's uh, that that was the day the day gig, and then I changed clothes in the bathroom at the office and <laughs> uh, would drive down to Buckhead to valet cars until mm. two or three o'clock in the morning, and then. Drove back to mom's house and then would be back in the office at 8.30 the next morning to make another four or 500 <laughs> phone calls, you know. And so morale was not exactly high for a few months. I can't say, you know, when everybody is yelling at you from literal sunup to past sundown uh, and have something to complain about. Yeah, that really uh, does build quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of grit. But, yeah. Yeah, so once once uh, once we got through the six months of that, it was really interesting. That year um, ended up closing uh, a little over six million in uh, total volume. Which wow! Was, yeah, the, the the difference a year makes in my seriously. Um, but what was interesting is at the end of that year, uh, looking back and tracking where all of the business came from, uh, of the twenty four transactions that I did, uh, nineteen of them came from people that I had already known and mm. knew me and relationships I had built. Mm. And uh, only only five had come from the guerrilla warfare calling that I was doing. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, when I saw the conversion rate, conversion ratio, I'm like, well, good Lord, I'm not going back to that because that was incredible work for five transactions. That's just like, 
unbelievably torturous. And it also brings up, I think, social proof in this business because a lot of people Absolutely. go out, get their license, are in it for a year or two or maybe even three, mm-hmm. don't do a whole lot with it or don't have that character, charisma, whatever, and then just give up on it. Because I think this is a very oh, easy absolutely. business to give up on, unfortunately. Well, it, it is because, you know, most people transition here from very structured environments, mm-hmm. very structured. You be here at this time, you're done at this time, you have this set list of tasks, um, you're off on these days, you have a limited amount of vacation, you have this. And so when you get in here and legitimately, no one cares if you wake up tomorrow or sell anything. Mm-hmm. You, you legitimately wake up every single morning completely unemployed. And a lot of people aren't wired that way. And so you have to completely rewire the way that you function Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis. You have to completely re-engineer your mind to be self-motivating, self-starting, and, and, you know, task-oriented when there is literally no one outside of you asking or pushing you to do any of it. Right. And yeah, so that, that, that lack of structure is a huge thing that, that takes people out of it. Yeah, and I feel like that's a big adjustment for most people. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I had a landscaping business, business yeah. before, and that was structured kind of on my own time and right. at my own will. Um, but that was also one of my concerns was that, well, how much was a broker going to be looking over my shoulder? How much, you know, production right. am I going to need to do in my first year to be... Okay, in the office. True question. Not at all. They don't <laughs> care. As long as you're there, that's all that matters. They don't. It's a number. Yeah, you're that, right. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> nobody was watching over me, going like, "Wow, did you see that? He only cleared two thousand dollars all year long. Maybe we should help him." <laughs> I had to help myself. That's right. Well, but I, I feel like, I mean, I, I respect pretty much all entrepreneurs in any capacity because it. Absolutely. That's. We are entrepreneurs just like entrepreneurs are the types that will take the risks and put in the work. And a lot of time you don't see, I mean, you've referenced this several times on your Instagram stories, but a lot of what is shown about real estate is very glitzy and glamorous (laughs) and, you know, it's pretty. And, you know, you're watching Million Dollar Listing and you're thinking, I should be a real, that looks really easy. Oh, wow. They open doors and drive (laughs) Lamborghinis. How fantastic. I... And clearly missing something in my life. I need to go do that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but there is a whole nother side, and we will dig into it today. Maybe we'll do like a, a behind the scenes someday on what actually happens <laughs> yeah. every day. Uh, be because I think that would give people a little more realistic view. And we'd probably um, uh, soften the numbers of realtors getting their license <laughs> in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure the Association <laughs> of Realtors would appreciate our, our uh, complete transparency behind the scenes. I think but... it's a great value add. We're saving the failure rate is how I look <laughs> yes, at it. Yes, and I would agree with that. <laughs> One of the funny stories real quick off of that was uh, I had a friend of mine, and this was right after, you know, the February-March area, which is like our award season, mm. where we all pat ourselves on the back for the great <laughs> deeds done. And uh, one of my friends FaceTimed me, or uh, they texted me, and they were like, you know, I've really been thinking about getting into real estate. I see what you posted. You know, it's just, it looks so awesome. I'd love to do that. And I literally texted her back, and I said, can I FaceTime you real quick? She said, yeah. <laughs> I said, okay, fantastic. Uh, I was on the floor of my vacant listing replacing the toilet seat uh, <laughs> because my seller... I uh, decided that it was a great idea to have a uh, mauve-colored uh, toilet seat with a uh, cat painting on the top of it. Oh. 
Yeah, so I didn't think that would appeal to the general public. I'm no. sure there's a niche market for it. It might have translated better in the pictures, maybe? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> either way, I thought shiny white was a much better <laughs> option. And so uh, I was like, this is the real day today. You're on the floor of some stranger's bathroom replacing the toilet seat. So, mm. But, uh, you know, it does give you <laughs> such an incredible opportunity to really help people on such an intimate level that you are sometimes with the toilets. Mm. Uh, you do get to be on a very intimate level with your clients and, and sure. you get to interact and play. Uh, what I think is this, just such a significant role in, in people's lives and how they, uh, how they migrate around and where they call home. I think mm-hmm. that, that in and of itself is such an incredible, special gift to be able to, to play a part in. It is cool. No, I, I love that. You're right. Because with buyers, you're starting a new chapter with them. Yeah. With sellers, you're ending a new chapter and beginning another one in some yeah. cases. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that's exactly right and very well said because um, that's how I feel about it. Like, it's a very personal thing. And even some of the sellers that I've worked with over the last couple of months, you know, you talk almost every day sometimes. Oh, yes. If not, you know, multiple <laughs> In times a day. In the transaction, you have separation anxiety. Right. You're like, oh, my God, where is this person I, I've developed a relationship with? Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. And then, you know, you close, and it's done, and it's gone, and it's like this huge void all of a sudden. It's like, and especially if they move to another state, it's like, I feel like I should call them and I know. check up on them. And <laughs> yeah, I know. You, you, like, suddenly want to just appear on their doorstep. Like, it's nothing. Like, you know, just go... Yeah, it, it really is strange. You do develop such a such a wonderful, uh, you know, relationship with these people. And then it's like, you know, after a month, two months, sometimes it's like, you know, you, you just sit there and you're just sitting down. And it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to call them. I right. don't have any reason to call them aside from just telling them. It's like, I kind of miss you in my life in a weird way. I don't know what that means. but it is, it's, it's a weird thing. It it's really strange. Thing. And I, I hadn't experienced that until probably the last month or so, um, and it's just, it's a weird thing. But anyway, regardless, um, so tell us more about the business now. Where are you? What what areas do you work in? What are you trying to focus on? What's the growth plan for the future and, uh, yeah, and kind of where we have been the last year or so? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, uh, went through a phase, of, you know, the beginning part of the business, uh, the first year aside, uh, the, the beginning part of the business was very... Uh, fantastic, and then there was a there was a bit of a slump personally, um, and I think that was purely just because I was trying to figure out the deeper meaning of why, you know, mm. because uh, as somebody, you know, I I, I don't have any kids, I, mm. I, I don't have a family, you know, I I am my own best interest, yeah. Um, yeah. and so uh, you know, and there's a certain point where it's like, well, wow, what am, what exactly am I working for? You mm. know, what am I doing all this for? And then. I really had to go back to the drawing board and kind of figure that out and uh, went back to an experience when I was a kid uh, when, you know, there was a, a time in our lives when I was a child when we were almost homeless for a while. Mm. Uh, we were put in a very disadvantageous place mm. and, and we had uh, our house for sale for about two years um, and uh, every day that we came home there was kind of this question mark about, you know, had somebody put an offer in on it and were we going to have to go somewhere even though we didn't have anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that sense of uh, you know your place of home being a threat uh, really kind of develops a very interesting uh, <laughs> it manifests itself in weird ways I think but it, it makes the uh, sense of permanence and, and that value of home so incredibly uh, more important than I think a lot of people may put value or stock in 
And so uh, when I started piecing that together, I was like, wow, you know, th- this is really, I do this because it gives me the ability to help others find that sense of permanence, find that sense of place that they, they can call home and not have it, you know, at threat all the time. And, and so the ability to play that role is incredible. And since then, um, you know, really digging into that and getting more into the coaching and training side and, you know, being able to turn around and take my experiences. Um, because, you know, people say failure is the best teacher. Well, in that case, I think I'm a great teacher because I have <laughs> certainly failed a lot. Um, and so, you know, being able to take those experiences and turn them around and, and kind of, uh, you know, shine a light on other people's paths has just become the most incredible part about it. And so, uh, so yeah, this year I'm actually on, on pace to, uh, more than double what I did last year. Cool. Uh, and I think it directly correlates back to, you know, really finding the deeper meaning of why you're doing something. And I think that's so important. And then, uh, when we talk about, you know, economy change or economy shift and all that stuff, um, you know, in, in some sectors, the market has changed and cooled down certainly from what it was a few years ago. And I specifically remember one meeting, uh, I think in uh, the first quarter of 2014, uh, there was just this huge spike, and the, the market was just incredibly on fire, and it was hilarious. We should have been excited, and everybody was very quiet, because hmm. we were like, this is not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it leveled out, and it's been kind of balanced since then, and slowed down in certain markets. And so, um, but you know, balanced is sustainable, and and I think, you know, that even though sectors may slow down overall, you know, I, I think the entire performance of the market on a very broad uh, spectrum is still going to remain perfectly fine and it, it has no indication of doing anything other than be fine and you know I always tell people who get into the business though um, contrary to popular belief uh, real estate is kind of ultimately recession proof uh, because the only thing that changes is just the type of house that you sell and you mm-hmm. just have to be flexible enough to adapt to the market and be okay with selling what the market demands that needs to be sold. Right. And uh, you know, last last I checked, uh, I wrote my uh, you know I write my own um, I write my own um, paychecks, and I have <laughs> no desire or plans to lay myself off at any point in the near future. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I uh, I think that's one of the special parts about it is that it is what you can make of it, and mm. and I think. That's really, uh, really one of the best parts about it. Yeah. So what's next then? What's next for you and the business? And oh, man. What's your plan? Yeah. So, you know, I have toyed around with the concept of uh, starting a team, meaning that, you know, kind of uh, growing uh, the number of agents that I have working directly underneath my business. Um, and uh, that's something that's been intriguing for a long period of time, but I think a lot of people manage and do their teams very wrong, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think that it puts a lot of emphasis on, on the people leading the team, not necessarily the people supporting the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I'm looking into doing a team, uh, and I think I, that's definitely on the short list of things to do. Sure. But it would be very much um, agent-centric, where you know it's to the support and benefit of the agents who are working for me and with me. Uh, you know, and not all about, you know, the all hail the rainmaker. Not about you? <laughs> yeah, not all about me. I, gotcha. As much as I like the light, I don't like all of the light all the time. That is not my, it makes me slightly <laughs> uncomfortable. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, I think that's the next step, and I'm, I'm really excited about it, you know, but with anything that's exciting and new, you know, there's always, uh, 
there's always anxiety and fear about, you know, the potential outcomes and potential failures, but, you know, um, obviously never try to be, you know, subject to fear-based decisions will never take you anywhere. And so, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, definitely making the decision in spite of the anxieties and fears that may be there, but I think it is definitely the best next step. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I just want to make sure that we do it right, because I want to make sure that the people who are hired on uh, to the company are going to be absolutely nothing but thrilled, and, and they stay there for long periods of time, and, and they just have a wonderful life that is so incredibly worth living, yeah. uh, because ultimately that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, well, and you and I have talked, obviously, offline more about this, and I, I think I may have told you when I first started in this business, my wife used to be in the business, I thought, okay, I'll get in couple of years, kind of get my name out there and build my own business and then add on and, and maybe bring my wife in and get an admin and build a team out and so on and so forth. And now seven months later, I'm like, I don't think I want to do that. It's, <laughs> it looks like a lot of work. Yeah. And, and to your point, like, are we moving the needle in the right direction? Right. Mm-hmm. Are we trying to accomplish something that, um, you know, ultimately, it's, it was just like my landscaping business. When I first started, I was like 10 crews and 10 trucks and blah, 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 blah. And about a year and a half into it, I was like, absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not that, you know, things change and your yeah. reality per- becomes perception and perception becomes reality. And you yeah. go, mm-hmm, adjust. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I, and, you know, that's the thing. I, I tried really hard never to be so attached to the vision of the outcome and more attached to the potential of the journey. Mm. And uh, I think that's such an important thing because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I, I, I also had things, you know, thoughts of, oh, I wanted to be this and I want to be this and I want to be this. And then when, you know, uh, actual, you know, feet hit, hit the pavement, you know, <laughs> looks a little different from down there, you know. Uh, when you're out on the field, you know, it's like uh, like like that scene in uh, Anchorman when he jumps into the, uh, you know, the, the zoo enclosure and then, oh my God, everything looks so much bigger down here than it did from up there. And so, you know, you have to be adaptable and, and, and open to change, you know, and I think that's the beauty of the journey is that when you really fall in love with the journey and not the outcome, then it allows you to have that flexibility right. and make those changes as, as they come because... It's, uh, it's necessary, and I think the greatest successful people on earth are, are always like that, who are, you know, open to that change and that, that flexibility of the, the path and the end outcome changing, but, you know, the falling in love with the process is the biggest part. For sure. Well, and I, and I love that about you and your story and, and how you communicate, because to me it's pretty clear, uh, whether it's on Instagram stories or even in person, that your why and that journey is is your focus Absolutely. it's not about the money it's not about how many it's not about how big it's more about what you're learning along the way and ultimately what you're going to adjust to or build uh, ultimately so absolutely anyway absolutely. all right well that's like 31 ish minutes um so tell <laughs> hopefully the, nobody the flew right by <laughs> um <laughs> so um so tell the people where they can find you if they want to reach out to you if they uh, are just like I gotta know more about this guy. Yeah, um, absolutely. Where can they get a hold of you? And we'll make sure to leave some uh, show notes here as well with all your contact info and everything else. That'd be fantastic. Uh, well, let's see. A uh, lot of times on the weekend you can find me at a restaurant uh, <laughs> eating somewhere. That's pretty much. If you smell food, there's a the significantly longer <laughs> chance, a stronger chance that you'll find me somewhere close mm. by. 
but no, uh, on Instagram, uh, it is at the underscore Eric underscore Baker. Got it. The Eric Baker with underscores. Uh, I will say, uh, I did not come up with that myself. That was given <laughs> to me by someone else. Um, and I thought for sure somebody else had taken that, but apparently there are no other arrogant Eric Bakers in the world wow. who have claimed the Eric Baker. Wow. So... I have uh, the claim on Instagram to be the Eric mm, Baker. See, someone took Matt LaMarche. Really? <laughs> well, I've see, never met another Matt LaMarche. It's okay. <laughs> I, somebody took Eric Baker and every other iteration of <laughs> Eric Baker. Trust me. I was that kid where it's like I tried to make an email address, you know, and it was like Google, you know, suggested. It's like, how about Eric Baker 5748? <laughs> Let's try that on for size. How about we? So maybe that built this inferiority, you know, complex when I was a kid. So I've like had this uh, vendetta to be successful, just so I can earn my the Eric Baker title. Um, but uh, yeah, at the Eric Baker on Instagram, uh, Eric Baker at kw.com is the email address. Perfect. Um, and I'm very easily findable on Facebook, Google search, pretty much anything yeah. else. I, as a good realtor should be. Absolutely. I mean, and, I, and I've got to say, too, just as a quick side note, if you're, like, kind of on the fence about following Eric on Instagram, it's not all houses. No, it's, it's certainly not. It's not all real estate. <laughs> in fact, there's very little of that. It's yeah. more about yes. what's kind of going on in the daily life. Yes. Um, there's some the hilarious. You have, even if you don't go follow him, you just need to go look at his TED Talks. Because to me, that really is, like, the true... Like fifty to fifty-one percent of who you are, I feel like that. That would be very, in person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, but <laughs> no, um, definitely give him a follow uh, if you have any questions uh, about um, him. He's an open book. I've never heard uh, a question that uh, he goes I'm not prepared to answer that. Right now. <laughs> So yes. <laughs> that is exactly why I would never get into politics. Exactly. Me and you both, brother. Let it fly. <laughs> My publicist would be out of a job so quick, uh, willingly and gleefully out of a job so quick. Uh, um, but awesome. yes, and for clarification, it's E R I C, which, in my opinion, not that I'm biased, is the right way. To spell it. The only way, really. The only way yeah, to spell yeah. it. E-R-I-C. Yeah. Uh, just like Matt, by the way, M-A-T-T. -T. Yeah. I had someone at Starbucks put M-A-T on there, and I'm like, what? Oh, so I'm a doormat. <laughs> Has you, have you ever seen anyone yeah. spell it that way? No. no never, ever. Well, I've seen people spell Matthew with one T, but that's a different... Still strange. It's but... still strange. Anyway, thanks so much, Eric, for the time today. Really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. And um, if you guys uh, have a chance, follow him on Instagram. Reach out anytime. And uh, as he said, just like a good realtor, Google Eric Baker and uh, Keller Williams. You'll find him. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. So I uh, hope you guys have a great day. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. In addition, guys, if you wouldn't mind going on iTunes, leaving us a rating and a review, I'd really, really appreciate it. Also, follow us on Instagram at M Lamarche, M L A M A R S H. And on Facebook, you can find me, Matt, M A T T, Lamarche, L A M A R S H. Uh, or at Selling Sandy Springs on both Instagram and Facebook as well. I really appreciate you guys listening and hope you guys have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye bye.